Hi, this is James Clary from the Clarification Podcast. We really appreciate you sharing and watching our videos. If you feel so inclined, we could really use your help. You know, we spend hours and sometimes days researching these topics. And as much as we love it, we could really use your support. If you're on Spotify, go to our channel and there's a link where you can donate. Or if you're inclined, go to our website, which is clarification, that's C-L-A-R-Y, vacation.com, and there's a one-time donation button for PayPal. We really appreciate your support. And now, our feature presentation. Hey everybody, it's the Clarification Podcast. I'm your host, James Clary, along with my co-producer, partner in crime, Russell West. How you doing, man? Good. What's going on with you, brother? Oh, Oregon? just on a break from working in Kansas City. I know, made you drive back, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. we have a special guest sure in studio... It which is freaking awesome. For our listeners that don't know, we do broadcast out of Greene County, Missouri. And as you know, we've talked a lot about this last election. Well, the person in charge of elections in any county in the United States, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, is the county clerk. And we have with us Greene County Clerk Shane Scholler. Welcome. How hey, are you, man? Great to be here, James Russell. Glad yeah. you're here, Absolutely. brother. Yeah. Really appreciate you taking the time. So, Give us a quick rundown. How long have you been county clerk? Um, in my second term, serving my eighth year here and uh, getting ready to run for a third term this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, third term, it's November, man. You got to have you, you're campaigning now, right? So, well, not yet. Um, I didn't have a primary opponent. And at this point, I don't have a November opponent either. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you may run unopposed. I may run unopposed other than a potential write-in or potential I mean, independent. How does That's got to be kind of, I mean, if it were me, it'd be kind of nice because you don't have to spend those funds. You're not out. Because I know, yes. t and tell me if this isn't true. I would think as a politician, sucking up for money has got to be, and it's not sucking up. I mean, you have to do it, but it's got to be one of the more uncomfortable aspects, or am I wrong? I mean, there are days where you're, you know, you've got so many things to do. You're trying to fundraise in the middle of that. And if you're passionate about what you do, you don't mind calling people and say, hey, support me because this yeah. is what I believe in. And I, I know they have the same ideals. I don't mind doing that. Right. But at the same time, you also know they're getting called by other candidates. They're getting called by other, you know, organizations, NGOs you know, and, yep. civic or you name it. They're getting everyone hitting on them. Um, and so you realize that uh, when when somebody does give to you, it means a lot. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people they could give to, a lot of things you give to. So when they choose to give to you, that means a lot to me. Do you get, and it's funny, we, we don't plan these interviews. I do have some notes jotted down, but sometimes it just, this stuff leads me. Do you get party funds? Are there funds available through, like, the Missouri Republican no, Party? I, you know, years ago, back when, um, you know, the 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 central committee here in Greene yeah, County, central committee, county yep. as well as the as state As you know, party. Leanne, my partner, was on that forever. Yes, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. And so, you know, for example, they would, and I know the central committee is has, is uh, doing more of that now than they did, mm. but um, when they essentially allowed um, donations to be unlimited in terms of, you know, just be transparent but unlimited, that in essence took away some of the organization organization that took place at the county level as well as you had legislative district etc now that we've got the new clean missouri you see more pack funding taking what, place what is that tell explain that a little bit clean so, missouri clean missouri um i'm not quite as familiar with it because it doesn't affect county candidates but right it affects people running for the state legislature and above um, it limits how much they can accept and so then they go to fundraising through PACs, and so they have I a PAC set up and so um, i haven't had to raise in that fundraising fundraising structure um, yet, so I'm not quite as familiar, so I don't want to speak too right, much about no, it no, because I, understand. I would tell you something that would be inaccurate or When wrong. you get into what Eric Burleson's running for, it becomes Congress, a little more Congress different. or well, Senate. Or and I, I can't tell you this. When you run for Congress, um, matter of fact, the moment you say I'm running for Congress, you have to file with the FEC, I think, within 24 hours. Wow. It is very, and if you don't, there's penalties that come very quickly. Because well, Eric's coming on the show in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. can tell you. That's right. Good, yeah. Yes, Good absolutely. Guy. Yeah. You know, that, that leads me to another thing. I had no plans on asking you about this, but 
I, I don't know if you've been keeping track of it all, but this movement that started after the 2020 uh, election, which we're going to mm-hmm. get into all that, mm-hmm. that was started by a guy named Dan Schultz um, okay. about taking, oh, basically taking back Republican central committees and local mm-hmm. Republican mm-hmm. leadership. And apparently they've signed up thousands of people mm-hmm. to do. Are mm-hmm. you familiar with that? Steve I'm Bannon's not, really I'm promoting I'm familiar this. with that, but for example, when I was in state legislature mm-hmm. um, back in 2008, I believe that's when, um, around the time period, that Danette Proctor became the chair of the Danette, yeah. I yeah, just absolutely. And I remember reason. I called her and I said, Danette, we need to make sure we've got real Republicans on the central committee. And we began an effort then to begin going out and finding people that wanted to serve on the center committee and actually work. Because there's a lot of good folks um, that serve on the center committee, but they're either too busy, they got too many commitments, and they're not out there doing the work of the precinct. You know, there's a gentleman here in Greene County named Jim Tigard. Mm-hmm. And that man would literally, before every election, he would study the candidates, and then he would go door-to-door and let the voters know in his precinct that he was the precinct committee man for these are the people that I think deserve your vote. Wow. He had more impact, and that was in North Springfield, than any other center committee person. And I, I've went to these center committee uh, meetings before, and I'm like, that is how you're going to make a difference. you gotta, you got to not only, you know, be that person to show up the meetings, but you've got to go door to door and make sure people understand who and what they're voting for. And Jim did that. And you could see the impact that he had in 29 ABC right That's here. That's pretty rare for somebody to do that. Very rare. Wow. But, but the point, too, though, is that local central committees, mm-hmm. which is for our listeners, mm-hmm. know, central committees, the term yeah. of the local organization that represents the party. Mm-hmm. The Democrats have one as well. Affiliated right. or unaffiliated with a certain candidate? No, they're just, just the a party. party. And that's the key because yeah. Danette... Proctor, who's head of the local central mm-hmm. committee, when I reached out to her about being on central committee, she didn't have a switch. She said, I do want to let you know, and I just found this interesting. I want to get your comment on mm-hmm. it. She said, I want to let you know that above all in central committee, we never criticize a Republican. Once they're elected, we, that before the election and the primary support, kind of whoever, I guess they take a back seat kind of and just mm-hmm. let the primary. Mm-hmm. But once there's the primary, you support the Republican at all costs and you're to never criticize them. Well, you definitely want to support because, you know, if you affiliate with the Republican Party or you feel the Democratic Party, Libertarian Constitution, once you have your candidates there, that is who you want to get behind because in essence, that's the team you're with. As I tell right. folks, you know, this is one of the reasons I'm for closed primaries. This is why I like caucuses because you want closed people. Closed primary versus. Meaning closed primary means you would register by the party that you feel. Oh, okay. You can't, it's, and you a can't do independence. Even further deep because at that point, um, you know, we have our um, presidential primary, preference, preferential primary caucus that happens every four years. But in essence, you know, people are showing up. They affiliate, you know, not only with the party, but then with the candidate. And that's where you get the grassroots part of, you know, of your central committee and the voters that are there in that, you know, um, county um, and or region. And that's where I see, you know, that's where influence can have a huge impact on election Mm -hmm. because you really get to hear. and, And, you know, primaries and caucuses sometimes are unpleasant. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. a nice way to put it. Look at Pennsylvania. You know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, you know, politics is an unpleasant business. Not only unpleasant, but you got to know where people stand. Yeah, right. And right. and so sometimes in that essence now I I'm not a fan of mischaracterization of people's, you know, voting records or what they believe. But at the end of the day, I want people to, you know, say this is what I'm for. This is what I'm not for. But man, some, I mean, the GOP, let's not pussyfoot around this issue. Let's get it Mm -hmm. all on the table. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump changed the Republican Party. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And it has created a faction of, let's say, call them populists, what I call them MAGA, right? Right. That vociferously disagree with a lot of elected Republicans, mm-hmm. the Lindsey mm-hmm. Grahams, the Mitch McConnell. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, this would be my guess, 75% of the MAGA were totally against sending $40 billion to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yet these Republicans in Congress pushed it through. And I, a lot of people are just, they're upset about it. Now they're not going to vote for a Democrat. 
Correct. Never. Correct. But they want the right people. And mm-hmm. that's where the stand. So, by the way, his organization is called Precinct Strategy. Well, and um, a lot of people may forget this, but yeah. when George W. Bush ran, one of the, um, this was prior to social media, yeah. um, really becoming a part of campaigns. But one of the things he put in the structure is we're going to bring back the center committee and the precinct um, committee folks to be an integral part of our campaign. And they really poured into that. Well, then, you know, you fast forward to 2004. Um, well, I guess it was Was that uh, two that he ran Obama, against? It was 2004 when Obama ran through 2000. Yeah, he won in 2008. 2008. 2008, yeah, because it was like in 12 he was running. So it was 2000 too. was Bush but v. In, Gore. Right, but do you remember right. in 2012, that was when Obama instituted through his campaign all of the um, algorithms in Facebook yes. to really penetrate yep. and figure out how voters feel. How do you use social feel. media, right? And so they took it to a deeper level, and from what I could tell at that point, the Republican Party then began to, began to try to emulate and almost, in fact, copy what the Obama campaign did, and they kind of left the and gave up on the structure. knocking on correct, the doors. Correct. Yeah. And you need both, right? You know, if you're going to have, I mean, because there's, there's, I mean, in every campaign, you want to touch a voter every way you can. Yep. Sometimes it's on the door. Sometimes it's through the mail. Sometimes it's through the TV, radio. Sometimes it's Twitter. And then sometimes yeah. Twitter. But then sometimes it's just it's going to be. That door knock. Right. Hey, how are you? Right. Um, you know, and I tell people, I'm a Christian, and what did Jesus, you know, tell his disciples to do? Go door to door. Yeah, that's There's how the a word reason is spread, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, too, is as, as social media gets more and more prevalent, you right. start having a face to face conversation with someone. And you, yes. you realize the value of that and how effective that can be mm-hmm. in it changing is. someone's position or even making them think you different. Bet. Yeah, I, and absolutely. as a candidate, one of my favorite parts is when I've had, especially when I'm a state rep, you go door to door, you really get the heart and the essence of the people that uh, that you're running to represent. And, and you know, sometimes they need an ear yeah. to let them know that they, someone is listening to them. Well, and that's powerful. tell you that I have no qualms about contacting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. But you know what? I mean, I appreciate yeah. it. I don't abuse it. I don't right. text you all the time, right. do I? But if no, I have a serious question, I'll, right. I'll reach out. And Billy Long's the same way. And he, yeah. I have his style. He's prolific at that. And he's awesome. He'll yeah. always answer me, but I've probably only done it three times in six Absolutely. years because you don't want to abuse that. Right. You guys are busy as hell. So I don't want to bother you with something. How many times did you hold your tongue? Oh, many times. <laughs> but <laughs> but Shane will tell you that he and I, I've known Shane a long time. He used to eat at my restaurant and we've done Absolutely. business things together. But I, I got reacquainted with him when I worked the election mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I just said, what what can I do? He said, work the, go work the polls. Absolutely. And I ended up being a... Uh, Table cleaner, you know, because with COVID, <laughs> every time someone voted, that whole area had to be we were trying misted to keep down, it. Yeah, yeah, and right. I was running my ass, so fat boy <laughs> was sweating like crazy. Yes. But and I told Shane, I reached out, I said, I and we're going to get in specifically in Green County, but all in all, I'd give it a ninety-nine rating. I mean, just mm-hmm. you know, the Democrats that I worked with, and Rusty may not know this, but it's split up equally. Yes. Between Republicans and Democrats at the poll. Is it designed the poll that workers. way? Yes. Oh, that's totally. So you have to register dictates. your party whenever you assign or whenever and, you sign and up and to do this? it's that way in Green County, but it's not that way in every county. When ah. you've got a county, you know, this is a challenge in St. Louis and Kansas City. Their election yeah. board folks will tell you that. You mentioned county clerks. There are right. also election boards where they have directors, and they'll tell you, you know, we have our time finding Republicans. Go to Barton County, you know, um, just over, you know, next to the Kansas border there. Can't um, find Above any Joplin, they can't find Democrats, you know. Wow. So, so one of the things the legislature did in this new bill that passed this year is we used to have to, quote, give permission to the other county to use, you know, people from our county go to their oh. county. They've removed that. They've also removed it for challengers and watchers. So, so as so a Republican, I could go work in Kansas City? You could go work if you really? want to. Absolutely. Hmm. And, and to me, that's where... We're going to hold election accountable is when you have a person there that's watching what's going on, participating as an election judge or as a watcher or as a challenger. Um, you know, that's where you make a difference um, because you're there, eyes on the process. And I tell folks, um, I don't mind having eyes on the process because I can't be everywhere on a daily election. Right. You so you count on the poll right. workers. So, you know, we give a three to four hour training for the bigger elections. But yeah. you know what? They're going to forget stuff on occasion. Sure. They're going to get things wrong. More eyes on the process. One, they're going to think twice about what they're doing. But if there's something wrong, 
it's probably a mistake, not intent. Right. But you give us a call, we're going to make sure that situation gets resolved. And I will tell you, we had to call a couple times. Yeah. And we would we powwow, and it was cool. I mean, I'm working with people that are politically totally opposite of what I think, and what they were very nice people. We worked together. And if we had something we could not resolve, we would call, and they answered. That was cool. The county clerk's mm. office was manned, and they were ready, mm-hmm. and they said, do this, do that. Is there like a hotline? Yeah. You yep. pull we, have, we have a direct line. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's eight. It's a, <laughs> It ends in 6666. Well, you know, that was the last number they had when we of got a Disney line, yeah. <laughs> so we get a kick out of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it was the yeah. election to me. At where I worked, seemed very secure. I mean, Russ, you wouldn't believe the way everything You've, had to be locked you up. You told me the, the yeah. contingency plans in place for all this yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, the eyeballs. witnesses drive yeah. the ballots. Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. wouldn't just like you throw the ballots in somebody's yeah. trunk. You Supervisor, know? well, I tell you Supervised, what. Supervised, yeah. You know, um, I'm a guy that was born in Kansas, loved Kansas, Abilene, Dwight D. Eisenhower. I was just there. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful community. Well, it's, yeah. yeah. I it's like amazing. it a lot. Yeah. yeah. They were closed. The presidential library, uh, the oh, museum was closed. Yeah. But I went and I, you know, sat on the but porch. And did you go to the Greyhound Museum? I the missed National that one. Greyhound Museum there. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I missed that one. My bad. Yeah. That, no, that's, <laughs> that's good. Dog. No, the dog. The dog. The, yeah, the, there is. Yeah. The yeah. sand there in that part of the area that is perfect for a dog the running yeah. dog track. Yeah. Greyhound. I say dog. Greyhound. Anyway, but long story short, one of the things I went to observe election there. They don't have bipartisan teams there. And I'll never forget the end of an election I was observing. One person got in the car, bounced, went in the trunk, and then sped off the courthouse. Ugh. And I was like, man, I and that's when you appreciate what we're doing. You know, we don't always do it perfect. But, again, it's because a point that supervisory judge, one Republican, one Democrat, mm-hmm. they get in that car, they drive back together. They hold each other accountable. I'm not going to try nice and cheat driver. when I've got a Democrat standing over my shoulder or that's if I was a Democrat, vice mm-hmm. versa. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what – what is your county clerk? Yes. Correct? What mm-hmm. What does that entail? Are you like the exec, like the sheriff of it's voting? Real, Are you responsible yeah. for, like that. for Think of a county logistics? clerk as an administrator for a county, especially think of some of our surrounding counties. I mean, a county clerk can be asked to do anything. I mean, I know a county clerk in surrounding county, when he was became county clerk, he was fixing the toilets in the courthouse. That's <laughs> oh, really? what the commission asked, you know, this county clerk It's to like do. a utility kind of thing? And so... That's not part of the job description, but that's what the commission <laughs> wanted this you know person to do, so uh-huh. they did. Now they've since changed, got people in there to do that work, you know, et cetera. One-off but, type of deal, but, but you know, still. Somebody had to do, do it. Right? You know, um, especially in smaller counties, they're doing the budget. They're doing accounts, oh, wow. you know, accounts receivable. They're in, of course, in our office, you know. We um, do the payroll for the entire county. So I tell folks, if you're not wow. a voter, the most important thing we do if you work for Green County is the payroll. You do the payroll. We do the payroll for the county, absolutely. Is that because there's not always an election going on and you kind of have some well, downtime? We or? do voter registration. Now, elections take 10 weeks of preparation. So in this year alone, we'll have a minimum, and I say 10 weeks of preparation because there's two weeks post-certification. So with three elections this year, We've already got 36 weeks out of the 52 weeks that we're going to be administering election, wow. and of course, and it's because it really isn't year. tightly. Well, because you got primaries, right? Just because yeah. it's a busy election it's year, huge. Like, it's like next example, year, we're getting ready because I, I'm, there's I believe over. T- I have to go back and count again, but just for the Senate race alone, there's over 20 candidates running the Republican ticket. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. Well, we go through, and we're going to be testing all the ballots ahead of the time to make sure that the machines are calculating correctly. Um, guess how many ballots are going to be at our test deck when you put the Republican um, um, ballot, you put the Democratic ballot, and you put the the Libertarian Constitution, and then we have uh, issue-only ballot because Ashgrove, um, Power Production District, and Republic are putting issues on the ballot. Guess how many ballots are going to be in our test deck when you have all the parties in the issue? Over 12,000. Wow. And that's just one for each And that's thing? just to, like, for our absentee voting. We're going to test to make sure because our absentee voter uh, machine accepts all ballots. But then we have to go through and test the machine for every precinct like you were at. Mm-hmm. We go through and test it for the ballots assigned to that location to make sure that when those ballots are fed in that machine, it's going to be recorded hmm. correctly. So we do that not only before election. We do that after the election as well. So wow. Is that just a work. Green County thing? No, or is that statewide. standard? Okay. Statewide. Well. Absolutely. Because we want to make sure, you know, there's a lot of questions about is, has the voting equipment been compromised, you know, through cybersecurity hacking? Which, yeah, we're going to get into well, CISA. You and, know. and my point is, like, 
I've never trusted the equipment. Yeah. Anyone would be foolish to trust something and other than we go through, we test it, and then we do a random drawing to do a manual recount. We take that manual count and we compare it to the tabulated count for the machine to make sure the machine is tabulating correctly. And since I've been a county clerk, um, we've never had an outcome that wasn't correct in terms of the machine tabulation. Now, occasionally, a voter may circle a name, you know, for example, yeah. and, you know, yeah. and as the machine opposed can't to marking yeah. it out. So right. those were going to be when you have those changes, or they mark it so lightly. And that's an adjudication thing, right? Where yeah. somebody where looks re at it. One Republican, one Democrat, that's and they're making out, that decision. Right. And we both agree yeah. and say, yeah. It seems so reasonable. It seems it like is. such a great Absolutely. system. But yeah. it's not followed. It's, all right, let's get into some of the 2020 stuff because yes. we saw on television. I mean, I, as you know, I'm a political junkie, and I love this stuff. <laughs> I and had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. What gave it so away? Here I am on a podcast. <laughs> but we saw, I'll never forget those, where GOP poll watchers were being refused access to yeah. the polls. Yeah, and You saw it, right? Well, and, and I've said, you know, we had a recount in Greene County for one of the state legislative races here in Greene County. I believe it was 135th. And it was because it was less than the margin of difference was less than one half of 1% between the top two candidates. Gotcha. That triggers like an automatic so recount. Was, you know, and, and so before you certify, the code of state regulation says you can include that in your recount. So you get your randoms, but if you got a close race like that, include it. So we did. Um, some people don't, and then they wait to get you know sued later for a recount. I do it before because the CSR allows it, but I call the candidates. I call the party chairs. We said, you're open to come and observe the process as we lead up to verifying if we need to do a recount. Once we had the, it was verified we need to do a recount, we went over to the University Plaza, and we set up there for an entire day. We invited the media. Wow. We invited, we had, again, the Republican Democratic teams that were, you know, doing the recount. But everyone had a chance to be able to come and have eyes on the process the entire time because that's what's going to garner the search. Transparency is exactly. what you're trying to yeah. say. Exactly. We were transparent. And so when I see this happen in other states, I think sometimes they don't understand, like, I don't think everyone is trying to do something wrong. I just don't think they understand how their actions come across to the public. And wow. then wow, that's a great once, point. Yeah. Yeah. Once they get attacked, then they kind of dig into defense mode. Mm -hmm. And rather than saying, you know what, you're right, we should have been open. This was not a wise decision. And that's where I keep telling people when they got frustrated about what happened in 2020, that's where the people you know in that state need to go to the state legislature. And the state legislature has the power to put the rules in effect of how they'll conduct the election. Well, but let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Look what happened in Georgia, where, and I think Pennsylvania, where they bypassed the rules that were set by the state legislature and the governor and the Supreme mm -hmm. Court allowed these arbitrary rules. Isn't that what happened? In, Am I misstating that? Or Well, there was definitely um, some decisions that were made, as I, as I recall, by um, executive order. I think it was the yeah. Secretary of State. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't follow that closely. But the point is, it doesn't matter if it happens in Georgia. You have rules to follow for a purpose. I know here in our state legislature just passed um, in, in House Bill 1878, there can be no changes to your election laws 26 weeks before an election. Wow. Now that is in statute, so technically they can go in special session and do that, but it puts a standard there that we're not making any changes arbitrarily um, for this election. And so. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's it's set up under the Constitution. Right. The, the Votes are, right. are now, run by the states. In right? April, election, sorry. In April of 2020, we, at that point, there was a lot of unknowns about COVID. And. As you remember, that's when it began to really get. We had the March presidential mm -hmm. primary, mm -hmm. and then like about two and a half, three weeks later, all of a sudden, there was like the lockdown started happening. Right. Except we remember all this, so we're like, we need to think through: can we have this April election? So we got, we went to the um, appellate courts because there's three appellate courts here in the state of Missouri. We're in the Southern District Appellate Court jurisdiction, but the statute says you can go petition the court to say we need to move the date of the election, here's why. For example, when we've had snowstorms in the past, we yeah. used to do more February elections. You could petition the court, they could, but 
I can't arbitrarily. The zoning official say, "Well, I don't like the day. I don't think right. know, I'm just going to yeah. do the election." That's not going to work, right? Yeah. You know, so you have to go before an appellate court. So there, you have your balance of government, where there's like, okay, we can do that. For example, um, you know, even when Governor Parson issued the executive order moving the election, it wasn't necessary because we were already petitioning the court to do that, and it was. I understood why he was doing it, but at the end of the day, the statute directed us to go to the appellate court. So COVID and the election. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's people that will go as far to say that COVID was set upon us and all these draconian restrictions in part due to the election to get Trump out of office. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say that mm-hmm. that COVID brought about some serious problems, which I think you would agree. And the mail-in ballots, and I mentioned this to you here in Greene County, that I had a friend who got a ballot in the mail at his address, had the right address, but just some unknown name. And apparently, it wasn't as common here, but across the country, people were receiving five, six ballots at their address. And I know one of the characterizations that happened during the election was people said they were getting ballots, but in actuality, they were getting applications uh, that's for right. their ballot. You, and you so, mentioned that to me. And so I know there was a company that was, I believe, based in Kansas um, because there was some show that it was another podcast show and they said, well, or, or actually, um, a friend of mine who had lived here and had since moved out, he's like, he's like, why are you on this show? They're saying that, you know, that, da, 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 da. um, and it happened to be that one of the, the companies that was, that was doing this was right here in Springfield, send it to other States, but oh, they wow. had the Springfield, Missouri address. And so they were saying that I was saying, no, it was applications. <laughs> is it like what a scam thing? What is that? Why were you, why would you well, have to? What they were doing was, because more people were going by mail, a lot of organizations were saying, hey, here's an application to apply for an absentee ballot. Now, some states, and I think down south, I think even Kentucky, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's in Kentucky, some of the states made the decision to mail a ballot to every voter, California especially. Yeah. And right. so my understanding is they took active and inactive voters. An inactive voter is someone you know, it's not doesn't mean they don't vote. We just no longer have your address verified. So that's part of the federal law. They were sending the ballots, as I understand it, to everybody. Inactive voters as well. As I understand it, that's what happened. Well, that's ridiculous. You should only send a ballot to someone that you know, given address. And even those that you are verified for, I can tell you that's why when you get your voter ID card, the main purpose for sending your voter ID card is not just so you know know, what precinct you're in. But it, for our purpose, it is, have you moved? Has Jimmy yeah. moved? Yeah. If it comes back, then we fall back up with you. And if you don't respond within 30 days, we then I'm move inactive. you to the inactive. Now, you can still vote, but we have to have you update your address right. before you can vote again. That's it. Um, and and so I've had that happen when I moved, and they're great at the post. Say, okay, you've moved. Can you show us, you know, give us driver's license? One of the things I, I wanted to mention yeah. that to me, and I haven't said this before, um, in any any program, but one of the things that 2020 I think was particularly helpful for was what a lot of folks don't know because I was seeing these initiative petitions come through because we have to give a fiscal no cost when someone is um, putting out an initiative petition for signatures. We get sent the now. What uh, is that? Language. I'm sorry. Let me stop so for like a second. For example, Initial petition. Initiative petition. So that's okay. when it's either going to be for a statutory or constitutional change. You go to the voters. You know, like Hancock, and oh. they meant that was an initiative petition, for example. Okay, so when people Missouri. are out getting your signatures on a exactly. petition. Right, okay. Right. So, anyway, long story short, before that signature, before that initiative petition um, gets verified in terms of being valid to obtain signatures, they want a um, fiscal note cost for that IP. And so we have to figure in Can you what explain that, is. that a little bit? What do you mean a fiscal so no basically cost? Basically, we look through the language and say, what would this cost us as a county if just this, to put it on the ballot? Well, or? no, just if this law goes or into if it passed. Exactly. I got exactly. Well, one of the big IPs that was coming through, that's short for initial petition, was there was a lot of uh, progressive groups that were pushing voting by mail. And this was prior to 2020. It was before anybody was talking about before it. Before anybody was talking about it, it was coming through. Surprise, surprise. And so that's when I was talking to legislators. I'm like, okay, listen, a lot of younger folks, they like convenience, so let's allow them to vote in person with ID before the election because I'm not an excuse guy. In my opinion, if you're going to allow me to vote, 
I don't like the government know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm going to be able to vote absentee, I shouldn't have to provide an excuse. But at least I need to ver- verify who I am, just like the day of the sure. election. Well, I don't know if you knew this. Prior to the legislature passed in 1878, we didn't have to, the law did not require us to require you to show proof of who you were when you voted absentee. Now we do. I don't know if Lincoln Bill does, but it was not in the law. What was this? Okay, so wait a minute. This is a big deal. Was that law in effect in 2020? What was the status of that law so, in November 2020? So what I'm saying is, is that in 2020, every election official I know still requires people to show ID when they came to vote absentee, yeah. but it's not in the law. So if someone really wanted to push the envelope, they could if they had nefarious purposes to do that. So I'm glad it's in the law because now we can be held accountable. But for in 2020, standard. it wasn't it in the was law. It was not. But wow. that's for people showing up to vote in person. But my point is, what 2020 did is for a lot of these groups that were pushing, but and I mean literally some of these initiative petitioners coming through, that if we received a ballot envelope with your ballot inside it and you didn't sign it, we still had to count it. Wow. So with no signature verification. Well, and right now, and this is something we do need to get changed in our state, and I keep talking about this, right now we're not required to check your signature when we receive your absentee um, ballot back in the mail and the outer envelope. Now we do, but I keep telling our friends in the legislature and everyone I talk to, that needs to be put in law at a minimum. Now people are like, well, every signature is different. Well, agree, signatures change over time, but we can get that update in our office because we have a file of your signatures. We need to be doing those things. So those to commit fraud, they'd have to come up with a fake ballot, though, right? So I mean, let's just say somebody wanted to commit fraud. There's no signature match. So as long as they had a ballot, d- well, it would work. That have to course yeah. down to Every election official I know in our state checks signatures, as far as I know. Okay. we talk about our conference. It's yeah. a, like there's a lot of standards that we have, best practices, that aren't in the law. But I'm the type of guy, I want to do the law. Sure. Because if somebody yeah. wants to not do that. It covers your rear, too. Exactly. Could that change exactly. if... Like somebody comes in after you, could that could they change how they if police it's not the elections? The law, absolutely. So that's kind of just a deal. Like you know, you can say I don't agree with uh, with the yeah. signature thing. Now we're not going to do that. Right. If it's not absolutely. law. So and so a little freaky. So those are some of the things we can do that continue to help secure elections, make them stronger, and put a count. Because for example, and I tell people the difference. Like in 2016, we had about 10,000 people vote before the day of the election. Seven thousand of them were in person. 3,000 of them were by mail. You fast forward to 2020, we had well over 30,000, I believe, p- voters that voted. and Before the election. About 54, 55, somewhere around there. I'd have to go back and look specifically, but somewhere in the 50 range, people that voted in person and the rest of it was by mail. And I can guarantee you, if you've never had that much volume of mail, 15,000 ballots. We had, uh, it was closer to almost like, I think, 16. It was a lot, too, because you, you know, you're in charge of the custody of them and keeping all of that organized, and we didn't have to Not to to mention counting them. Right, right? and that was one of the things Jay was really astute on, was like, they were like, well, these other states do it. Well, even the election authority in the state of Washington, she said, stop. If you've not had a system vote by mail, you cannot change that overnight because it's it's it. Not only do you have the fraud issue, you just have the the administrative issue of it's never been done, and you're asking for chaos. Yeah, you're going to incorporate. So even you if you those? go <laughs> to a vote by mail system, you'd have to layer it in over a five to ten year period at a minimum. But again, mm. you and you I have, have to hire earlier, people, you, and, yeah. you, and you have to set everything because you're moving from polling locations to vote by mail. Now again, right. we both agree. We want to limit vote by mail. And right. As I tell folks, and I've said this for a long time, what really opened my eyes about vote by mail was we see people come in to vote. They have a family um, member that comes in to vote with them, and we'll see the family member saying, no, you need to vote this way, instructing the family member how to vote. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if all our ballots are sent to a home, how many ballots would no longer be voted independently by the yeah. member. Probably ruined a few Thanksgivings. So, yeah, it would get pretty, <laughs> at least, well, hopefully we got the election up by Thanksgiving. Yeah, I got you. But, but uh, <laughs> Halloween could be interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, the, but to me, we have fought so long as a country to make sure that all the things that happened in the 60s in terms of voter coercion and denying people, suppressing people's right yeah. to vote, do we really want to roll back in time and suddenly go back to a time period where all your ballots are sent to your home 
and we don't know if that person is, is voting independently and freely or not. All right. We is, don't want to go there. Is there still a big push for mail-in ballots continuing on? Well, that's why, that's why I say I think 2020 was valuable because it really opened the eyes up to a lot of people of why we need to be careful in terms of protecting how we vote and how we do it. It's important. Now, listen, there are people who serve our country in the military. They always need to have the right Absolutely. to be able to vote. Absolutely. If, if yeah. someone cannot physically leave their home, we know people in those conditions, they need to have the right. And some people do travel. They're out of town. But I often tell folks, in 2016, I was like, there's no one left in Green County. Because we had like you know about 7,000 people that came about. <laughs> I was laughing. I'm like, everyone's leaving the county on the day of the election, you know. And so they have to request a mail-in ballot. Is that correct? They, well, the voter has to request Yeah, you've got it. six reasons for which you can. And one of them is for incarceration. The other one's yep. for election officials. The main reason people request one is because they're going to be out of town or because they're sick. They can't, you know, come physically. Now, is this absentee or mail-in, or is it the same? The absentee voting in Missouri is one and the same okay. because – you can vote in-person absentee, or you can choose to request it be sent to you by What mail. is the in-person absentee? Is that just on a different day? No, no. It starts at the same time. So, like, for this upcoming August election, we will start for um, all voters in our state on June 21st. That's when absentee voting will start six weeks out from the election. If you're military and overseas, we start the process on June 17th because... It gives you just a few extra days to get the ballot to them if there's if we're mailing that ballot to that individual. I got you. I got you. So in 2022, what is the status of? I mean, is absentee ballots has is it back to what it was pre-COVID? Yes, because the legislature, to its credit, it's wise to folks. They did a good job. Um, you know, there were some issues administratively that could have been better. Um, and, and, but overall, the big picture, they sunset that at the end of 2020. So December 31st, 2020. That and when you say sunset. that, what was that? A blanket mail-in mail ballot? ballot and the seventh reason. Because they added a reason in 2020 that said if you're at high risk mm. in terms of your personal health, if you contract COVID, it could be more detrimental to you than the average person. You can vote. Um, use the seventh reason. You didn't have to get it notarized, just like the second reason. They were both health-related, no notary required, okay? Yeah. Or let's say, hey, I don't, I'm not at high risk. I just don't want to get out and be around people. You could request the mail-in ballot, but you had to notarize that. I got gotcha. you. That was the difference. And you, had to, you couldn't request it by email. That, that was, those are some of the things that we would have preferred some consistency with the absentee voting um, laws, but overall, it Do gave people options that were only options in 2020, and, after and that's 2020, done. We're they done. were done. We haven't Thank done you. it since. Thank Do you, you feel better now about elections, having learned all this and gone through all this than I you mean, did before? Every election, you learn something as an election official. Um, there, just little details that you see. You're like, oh, I can improve, or you you observe. You go to a conference. You learn from other folks. Mm -hmm. There and. And as elections change, you know, for example, you know, when I first started voting, it was the punch hole ballot. You know, now we've gone right. to, you know, the, um, you know, we mark the ballot. The machine tabulates it in your polling location. Um, the technology for the accessible voting equipment is, has, you know, fortunately, uh, much better than what it was when I, when I became county clerk. It used to be each of those accessible voting devices that we had in Greene County, they were individually tabulating. And so once you voted... You're basically, if you think of when you go to the gas station and it prints out your receipt for the gas, same thermal system was used for your voting. It would roll the ballot up into the machine. You never saw it again. I'm not a, I want to physically right. vote, mm -hmm. vote or see that ballot, put it in the machine like everybody else. That technology is there now. Which kind of brings me into the next thing in the machines. I'm sure you're aware of the recent CISA report, the Halderman for report. For Dominion. Yeah, for Dominion, yes. and we need to talk about that because I know you told me before that Missouri, or at least Greene County, does not use Dominion voting systems. Right. Is We're that correct? We're with the ES&S, but as I tell folks, I don't want to misrepresent it. When you're dealing with technology, cybersecurity, any of it is vulnerable to being hacked at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Because if the federal government can be hacked, what was it, at the end of 2021, as I recall? Yep. They've been in, you know, I think it was Russia at the time had been inside our system. 
for what almost six months undetected. Well, we were told that this the last election in 2020 was the most safe, secure election ever, and that there was no hacking. And as a matter of fact, we were told, and I want to get your opinion on mm -hmm. we were told it was impossible. Those machines weren't even on the internet. I mean, when we purchased our equipment, that was one of the things that I wanted to make sure we purchased that there was no modem, there wasn't anything that could connect with the internet, for example. Um, and that was important when we purchased that equipment. So those sure machines that, that we use in Greene County cannot be connected to the oh, internet. And let's say, theoretically, let's say somehow the manufacturer slipped that in. We mm -hmm. didn't realize that it's, quote, connected. Um, because even a computer that is unattached to the internet, it can still be hacked into. Yeah. Know, that's, that's well known. That's well proven. Um, I, so my point is that's why you have the physical paper ballot. That's why you do the manual counts. That's why you have the bipartisan teams because you, the ballot is what I'm certifying the election on, not the tabulation system. I the tabulation you. system, and it helps speed up the process of counting because what a lot of people forget, and this is important to remember, when I started hearing, well, we need to go back to hand tabulation. Okay, well, we're forgetting <laughs> history, folks. <laughs> I went back and, and I asked our archives department to look for some articles of when we kind of began to switch from hand tabulation to, to machines. machines. Um, and I've got a special story to tell you about that here in a second. But they went in, in 1955, St. Louis Globe Democrat, they were switching from hand tabulation to the machines. And one of the things that the election board, a bipartisan statement they made was, we're tired of the ballot stuffing. We're tired of the dishonest counting teams. Mm. People forget that once you get a hand tabulation, you're assuming every hand tabulation team that's counting is honest. And thinking about how hard it is now just to get enough watchers to be one watcher in the right. division, think about having watchers for all of the hand tabulation that takes place. So we should not forget our history that and you think about Kansas City, Tom Pendergast, elections being stolen. It was well known that the ballot boxes were being stuffed and that you had dishonest counting teams that were counting for the candidate that they wanted to count for. Now, to give you a story, we have a wonderful lady here in Greene County. Her name is Marjorie Shelton. A couple years ago, we honored her for having been an election judge for 65 years. Wow. Here 65 years. So she's in her 90s. She served last year as a Lancaster judge, so she hit 67 years. Hoping this year <laughs> she gets into 68. That's awesome. Right. Anyway, so she was telling me a story about when she first served as an election judge. Amazing story, amazing lady. And she goes, you know, about you know, two or three times throughout the day, they would stop and they would do the hand tabulation. And she goes, I was new. The person I was with knew. She was, you know, I won't give her party out for this no, just to make sure. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. But she says the other party, who was older judges, because every time there's a question about how the voter voted, they would call it for their party, their candidate. And about, she said, midway through the day, the partner she was with said, I've had it. And he called him on account. And she goes, after that, they split it 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the point is, there is an example right here in Greene County years ago. Fraud. Where, you know, they were new and young enough and felt intimidated, but finally the guy got enough gumption to say no more yeah. and brought some honesty to the process. Let's, let's, speaking of honesty, let's just be honest. Voter fraud happens every election. And there's probably some, however minute, fraud, cheating, whatever you well, want to call it, honest. everywhere. If you right? vote, we know people who have moved don't update their address. They go back and vote the old address. That's fraud. Because you're voting for a jurisdiction you no longer live in. Okay, that's an example of fraud. Right. Um, even if you don't cast another ballot somewhere else. Even just now, is a prosecutor going to come and prosecute If you made an you? honest no. mistake. Just a, right. They're Technic not going to. Technicality. And I think some people know it. They just don't want to. They don't want to. Because they, they, they don't realize they can update their address, right? Real and, easily, and yeah. So that's an example. But my first election, as you may remember, City of Springfield had a controversial issue called SOGI. Sexual orientation, gender identity oh, was yes. on the ballot. Yep. And so we had a person who didn't realize, or I guess after they went to vote, they were in the county and they made a decision that they wanted to vote on the issue. And so they did a change of address and cast a ballot twice in two different locations. Okay, so just to break day. down. So I live in the county. I don't live in city limits of Springfield. So anything that's on the city, I cannot vote on. Correct. That's what you're talking exactly. about, right? And this was a and city issue. Issue. 
And so they got a change of address, so they voted in the county, came votes. And you know what? I would imagine they probably voted for that issue and left. It was fraud. We sent it to the sheriff. They investigated it. The person said, yes, I did this. Prosecutor prosecuted, and that wow. person ended up losing their voting privileges for, I think, at least a couple of years. Wow. So, hmm. you know, so even on the small details like that, it can be it can caught and, and dealt yeah. with. And when people say voting fraud doesn't matter, well, it's you know too many. Listen, Kansas City, 2010, there was a um, primary. Um, it was, again, it was an August election, um, um, primary election. And in that election, the candidate who ended up winning – one by one vote. Oh. Three years later, two of the relatives were prosecuted for voter fraud. And they, of course, voted for the person that won. One. Okay. Now, I votes. say that to say <laughs> the person that should have won, by the time this person was reelected, they were in their second term. The person that should have won, the legitimate winner, never got to go back and serve again, wow. never got the opportunity to serve. So, Election fraud does matter because literally it changed the outcome for that individual who got mm-hmm. beat by fraud. Do you think in this last election, this you know, I mentioned to you before where, where we were told this is the most safe, secure election. To me, it just seemed like a complete media cover-up. And I'm going to bring it specifically. Okay. When I was watching the election that night and I see these five key swing states, I believe it was what, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Michigan – Stopped counting in the middle of the night. Right. And, those, and they were in the major metropolitan area. It wasn't the whole state. It was in Fulton County, mm-hmm. Atlanta. It was in mm-hmm. Detroit. It was in uh, Lansing. In you know, I immediately smelled a rat. What, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Well, as far as I know, we've never seen that happen. You all right. All the way through the night. I mean... I know um, in talking to my, my predecessor, Richard Struckoff, in the election of 2000, remember Richard, as you yeah. know, that was, if it hadn't been for Florida, the eyes of the nation would have been on the state of Missouri because that's the night that John Ashcroft lost in the race to oh, governor. the deceased Mel Carnahan, as you may that's recall. That's right. And so, you know, his wife Roger won. Wilson said, if Carnahan wins, I'll appoint his wife. As you may recall, everybody in the state of Missouri... Seven o'clock, polls closed. We were done, unless you were in the city of St. Louis, and they kept the polls open till ten o'clock that night. Right? Wow! You know, and I so, had forgotten that. That yeah. was two thousand. Gorby Bush. Yes, absolutely. The hanging Chad in Florida. Exactly. Oh my That's God! Right. And so, that election know. may have been as controversial as twenty twenty. Oh, absolutely, maybe I more. Hadn't been that, but you know, I mean, the point is, you know, that night, Richard said he didn't leave the office till about five that morning. Ugh. Went home, took a shower, came back. Because because the election was so close that night, they were running everything to make sure that everything was accurate. So yeah, you don't leave in the middle. I mean that just doesn't happen. So I don't and, and again I think I can't be there to say, you know, what they did was correct or incorrect, but the perception alone that they created the was goes back to Absolutely. what you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah. How it came off. Because I tell people, I don't want to make a judgment on something I don't have all the facts for. That's not my No, point. I understand that. But to the voters of that state, you better pay attention. But it just so happens to be the five states that swung the election. Without yeah, those may, states, Joe Biden well, would not have and won. And that's why, for example, a lot of people don't know this. You know, you look back at 2018, in the state of California, you know, in the state of Missouri, if you mail in your ballot, unless you're military and overseas, if you live, you know, uh, if you're just a regular absentee voter, you're not part of the military, you're not overseas, 7 o'clock election night, your ballot has to be here just like if I'm standing in line at 7 o'clock, I get oh, okay. okay. And I thought about the legislature at the time said, okay, if we're going to give you the privilege to vote by mail, you still have to have your ballot back at the same time. Yeah. Some, you know, not that long ago, they said, okay, if you're military and overseas, we'll give you till Friday at noon. Okay, okay. I have no problem with that. That's fine. For men and women serving the military, that makes sense. However... You know, California, for years, they have not only, you know, had vote by mail, but there you can go door to door and you can collect people's ballots, take them to the courthouse. Ballot harvesting is so legal. It's been legalized there. And then you think about after at 7 o'clock on election night, every time they close their polls, you can continue, and I believe it's two weeks, <sighs> to receive ballots. I think that's right. Don't you double-check me on that right. at a later point. But the point is, 
in 2018, I don't know if you remember when the balance of Congress changed, there were some elections where Republicans were leading, and after that two-week period, they lost. They lost. And there were some Democrats who were leading that night. Margin stayed the same. Yeah. I know. And so that's, that's where you've legalized it. But here's the point. I'm sitting here in Missouri. I voted for my candidate to be in Congress. That's where I get really frustrated because I'm like, wait a minute. You're disenfranchising my vote in the balance of Congress because, you know, we're a Republican group here. We want yeah. a Republican to hold that, that gavel, you know, when they swear in, you know, January of the following year. Well, if suddenly you're having the balance of Congress change because they can continue to vote, in essence, you see what I'm saying? It's I not totally, fair. and it's hard for me to believe that a state that elected Ronald Reagan two or three times and Arnold Schwarzenegger mm -hmm. became so blue overnight. I right. just, I don't buy it. I don't and buy it. What was it the governor, Pete, what was his name? Pete, Pete Wilson. Pete or, Wilson, yeah, yeah, he was a Republican too. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, mm -hmm. well, you heard, speaking of that, uh, the San Francisco DA just got recalled. Did you hear that? Oh, I did. And what a great thing. I know, right? Did you and know that? I didn't. So and the what, DA what was he doing? What was his in thing? San Francisco, the guy who's allowed just this crime, people are terrified to live there. He got recalled. Yeah. Oh, like a voter with recall. With no opponent. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Cool because there, was it $900 of the threshold? Oh, oh just you know, for... You could go in and steal... Steal $900. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, was yeah. no... They weren't going to come after you. What's interesting, I was reading articles that were like, well, this is, you know, basically, you know, because Los Angeles has been doing this, some other states were trying to become much more... Um, What's the word I'm looking for when it comes to social justice, progressive on yeah. social justice issues? That's not the way to do it. Well, I think no. they're, yeah, they're trying to keep soft on crime. Trying to keep, no. Uh, no. To keep crime people like in vicious cycles of crime or whatever, trying right. to keep them out of the system. I mean, but you, I mean, I'm not just a fan of other just people. locking people up and throwing the kids. I mean, that's not the solution. No, no one is. Yeah, right. yeah, that's yeah. not the solution. But being soft on crime where you're not putting them away for. I mean, that's not going to work. I still so I was believe glad in the broken that. window principle of Giuliani, that if you mm -hmm. don't he charge people with those petty you crimes, bet. it's going to lead to this. And I'm I'm with you, man. I think, and also prison should be about rehabilitation. Give people deserve mm -hmm. a second chance. Mm -hmm. We all believe that. Absolutely. We have good hearts, you know. But, yeah, that, that was pretty amazing. I think there's definitely a shift going on in the country, and I think you can feel mm -hmm. it. And, you, I mean, you're a Republican. You, mm -hmm. I vote. I call myself a populist independent because I, I mean, I voted for uh, Obama. I hate to admit it now, but I still people like Leanne give me hell. What were you thinking? But you know, looking at McCain, it was so that uh, was so after Bush to me. and everything with McCain. Yeah, that's what got me to vote for him. I just that was my first election. I turned eighteen. Is that uh, right? In two thousand. Did you vote for Obama yeah. in 08? Because I went and I saw him at Parkview. Oh, I, I don't remember that. Like, I drove uh, by that. I was remember, and I remember driving by that. Oh, the buses. I was out no, I was just. He was at. He was there speaking, and I was campaigning. I think you know that night, and so I just drove by and kind of got a little you know screenshot of what yeah. was going. on. I kept driving. Yeah, didn't stop. <laughs> Be very clear. <laughs> well, so let's look ahead to this uh, November. We've got an election coming up. Uh, do you feel confident that in Greene County? And how would you rate the state as far as our preparedness? And one one question I meant to ask you about mail-in ballots: Can they be counted? But before no, the, so they, they can have be to be prepared. counted on election day. They can be prepared up to five days before, and that just means opened you're, up. You're open up, separating. I got gotcha. you. Then in the end of the night, you got that chain of custody. That's one of the things we've worked on. Those are chain of custody procedures. I understand. Um, since 2020, because that was one of the things I noticed was, you know. You could see when there were issues. Okay, chain of custody process. What does that allow you to do? Allows you to go back in that point of time because you got the documentation. Something went wrong. Okay, let's go back. Oh, that person was there. This ballots were handed off here. What happened? And you can go back and pinpoint that. If you don't have strong chain of custody, you've got problems. So we but looked at that to improve it in terms of election. But going into this this coming election, what I've told people is first of all goes back to our uh, you know declaration of independence we the people mm -hmm. those are the three most powerful words we have as a nation and so when i hear people get upset i'm upset i'm like wait a minute the statutes empowered you to be part of the process so if you can't be an election judge go to your party chairman was democrat republican constitution libertarian mm -hmm. 
and say, I want to be a watcher or a challenger the day of the election in my polling location so I can observe what's going on because you can do it for absentee. We can have um, challengers and watchers there as well, you know, and I welcome that yeah. because I want eyes on the process because we, the people, are accountable for our system of elections. And so, yes, I'm going to do the best job I can as a county clerk to have strong ca- chain of custody procedure in place, do the training, but it takes the people together to ensure when that election is certified that you've had as many eyes in the process to watch it and observe it. Have you seen more people interested in the process? It seems like politics is a way bigger deal now. Like yes. It's almost a religion to some people. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a lot more interest just in, in that aspect, people signing up to do stuff? We have, but I'll be honest, some of the people that get the most frustrated, they're still not signing up to help. And I don't, And by the way, sign up and be willing to learn. You know, don't sign up and be an expert before you get there. And I mean yeah. that <laughs> with all sincerity. Like you that goes, that's a life lesson learn. there, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, because some people, as I like, as I began to say in 2020, assume the worst first. Like, hold on a second, learn. Mm-hmm. There may be something nefarious going on there, but it could just be, you know, a mistake was being made and you've got the opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute, let's stop, let's correct this now sure. before it becomes a problem. But again, the people who are listening, I, you know, you go beyond just our, you know, state board. Yeah. Figure out what your statutes are in your state. Figure, talk to your people that are, you know, part of your party organizations there and get involved and say, how can I help? But be willing to learn. Right. Yeah, that's that's the key. Well, and that's the key with Dan Schultz's precinct strategy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Wall Street, no, not the Wall Street Journal, the New Yorker, several major leftist publications have written articles about it and saying these guys are trying to to take over the election process and steal it for the, the MAGA. And it's like, no, this is what the Democrats, the Democrats outworked us in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say us being the Republicans, they outworked mm-hmm. the Republicans. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? I mean, in terms of, what I saw in terms of even local activity, they have been for a number of years more passionate. Now that we yeah. don't have as many Democrats here locally, right? But their passion intensity has been greater than. But I've Springfield seen in tends my to vote Democrat on a lot of stuff. It the city like. of Springfield, the city, the not city. the county, right? Not the county. Is that so. just the city population? Is more urban, more I mean, progressive? It's, 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 I think it's more urban, more progressive. You know, you've got a couple Democrat seats closer, you know, which that's common. The you university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you see that in, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, bigger cities like that. That's a lot of voters. Out. I had to tell you, like in Georgia, I, if I lived in Georgia, I just, I'm just being honest, Shane. A lot of people felt disenfranchised. And I know your office asked me to come back and do the polls. I was so pissed because I'm, con- I'm still convinced and we probably won't be on YouTube. I've already. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, we got a strike on oh. YouTube because we talked about, a, we did a, a. Kind of the same thing we're doing here. Well, we talked about 2,000 Mules. We did a review of the movie. Really? We got a strike. It's it's unconscionable to talk yeah. about the election on YouTube. Now, we'll be on all the other platforms. Mm-hmm. Sure. No big deal. But just YouTube, we won't even yep. post this because wow. we'll get our third strike and we'll be banned. It'll be permanently it's deleted. Crazy. But what I was going to say is I I'm so convinced. <laughs> it's right. crazy. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, I'm I convinced there was votes Because yeah. we were, they just added that like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. maybe even less, before we did the episode. They did we it right after it, the movie. The next thing we did, exactly. Right. That's they made chilling. it part of their community guidelines. Didn't yeah. email me, didn't tell me anything, mm-hmm. and then just, boom, we got a strike. Yeah. And we got one left, and we're ruined. But I mean, uh, look, I'm convinced, and no one in this room has to agree with me, I'm convinced there was enough fraud. I'm convinced that Donald Trump got 74 million votes was enough to win the election. I believe he won the Electoral College, and that's just, you know, that's how I feel, whatever. Um, I am one of those people, a lot of these, well, okay, so we agree that happened. Now let's fix it in the future. And I agree we got to fix it in the future. But damn, if nobody ever goes to jail, if there's no consequences, like 2,000 Mules, they have the goods. You know, where the hell? You, you mentioned that thing where you gave it to the sheriff and they actually prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Where the hell's law enforcement on some of this? I know you can't speak to Georgia Bureau of Investigation, but I just mm-hmm. can't believe they're not in this. It seems like our law enforcement has been co-opted as well as our judicial system in it's, some regards. Yeah, and, and, and my point is, you know, we've seen a lot of different things presented about voter fraud. The machines, I'm like, eh, there's a possibility. But the time it takes to be able to put that much work in 
be able to do what they are suggesting they were planning on doing doesn't make sense. In my opinion, 2,000 mules, that's the most common sense way. That's right. historically how voter fraud has happened. If it's not happening through that, as I've told people, this is why you want watchers at polling locations at a minimum, because a few years ago, the legislature, to this credit, said a watcher can stay after the polls close and observe the process. Because if you've got all people in one party, you shut the door, every voter's gone, there's nothing stopping them from voting for voters that didn't show up that day. Yeah, or throwing 50 ballots Absolutely. in the trash. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, well, I mean, or just knowing what the count is. Well, that's what just, was so disturbing yeah. about 2020. We saw GOP poll watchers being denied entry. Yeah. Well, and like, was it was it Michigan? One of the states, Pennsylvania, where they were boarding up the windows. Yes. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's pretty extreme. You have absolutely now convinced everyone something wrong is going on there. Right. I don't know if it was. Right. But I'm like, at the it end doesn't of the day, matter. It doesn't matter. It's all optics. And, and it's like, there's nothing. Now, if someone's going to be in there causing a problem, I don't want that person in there if people can't do their job. There's yeah, but these were legitimate poll watchers with their attorneys. Absolutely. Yeah. Saying, look, we well, have a right and, to be here. And in 2008, I can guarantee you, because I talked to Richard about it, I mean, the Democratic Party and the Obama team had attorneys all across the nation, and here in Greene County included, and they were watching the process. So yeah. this has Which is both, good. It is good. Both parties have done this. So to say one can't – and I agree. I've heard some of this concern of, you know, um, you know, we've received a number of FOIA requests, freedom of information requests, or in our state, the Calm Sunshine Law, um, and we're like, whatever we can provide you, we're going to provide you. Now, I will tell you there are times – I'm trying to do my regular job. Yeah. <laughs> it gets challenging oh, because they can become over-encompassing. But I do everything I can to be transparent and accessible in all things. But at the same time, I would encourage folks, don't try to find something that's not there. For example, I got sent something the other night by someone said, there's serial numbers on every ballot. If they can put it in your money, they can put do it in your Do you get a lot of that stuff? Uh, yeah, it's not uncommon. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> like... I believe I, 2,000 mules, very believable, but serial numbers and right ballots are changing. Like, for example, one of the things we've done to make sure you get the right ballot is we've got a little barcode at the bottom that makes sure when we're scanning you in a vote, I'm handing you the right ballot. Because a lot yeah. of times election judges, we've had this happen, they're talking, they're, you know, yeah. doing this. Yeah. They reach back, grab the wrong ballot, hand it to the voter. Voter doesn't know. And again, you could change Like in outcome. a primary. Well, even in a general, it can happen because you're not paying attention because you'll have, you know, a precinct can have more than one state rep. Oh, in the, in uh, the precinct. I see. So, like, the state rep boundaries, you know, or it could be like if it's a city precinct. ballot, exactly. county ballot. Yeah, you know, right, right, right. So, are you in the city ward? You have more than one. You know, gotcha. So. so, the point is, you're like, now they scan it in, and we have further, you know, help assure in terms of chain of custody. Not only are we keeping track of bouts there, we want to keep track of the bounces they're handing the voters to make sure they're getting the right ballot because I want the right outcome. But there's a little barcode at the bottom. All that barcodes is is just the number of the ballot. Yeah. It's just the bar. I've learned this. Like barcodes have fonts. Did you know that there's barcode fonts? No. I've learned this. Like hmm. ick. you didn't know that? I knew. No, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I was completely like wow because we we've been trying to get all that. Just a different style, out. or is yeah, it? Just they, there's literally ba- there's literally barcode font styles. Yes. Wow. And if you don't, if your reader doesn't have that capability it can't read that, 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 font that style. barcode font style wow. yeah. well this has been truly enlightening and i cool. really appreciate you coming man it's uh, you know this 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 shit's important i it mean is. it's really important and i feel much better like i said i felt good about green county after that i feel even better and uh i, I will work the polls again <laughs> all I right promise. i got okay. one last question yeah. i was curious yes. about i mean this is um do you think like any kind of federal over, like, because it sounds like it's county to county. Everybody has their own kind of state deals, to state. state to state. Is there some kind of umbrella policies you would support that would help and and that people the, feel more comfortable with this? And that's whole the great challenge because the Constitution wants the states to determine their elections. Mm. My concern is when one state is allowing, you know, absentee ballot, you know, mail in ballots to be accepted two weeks afterwards, changing the balance of the outcome, like, can we get uniformity? You know, I don't want the photograph. As much as I want uniformity, 
I know what happens when the photogrammet begins to, <laughs> I mean, we already see a number of things that have True. happened in terms of elections too. And so, imagine that debate back, right. you'd never get anything done. But at the same time, we've got to highlight people to this issue and say, is it really fair that they continue to accept ballots two weeks after yeah. we've, you know, and so, but I don't think extending us two weeks later makes sense either. I don't think that's the solution. So I don't know. You think we have one of the better systems around? I mean, it sure sounds we like it. State, we've got a no, good one. Green County. Well, the state and Green County, we do have a good one. We can always improve. Okay. And we're always going to look awesome. for improvement. Well, hey, yeah. good luck in the election, bro. All right. You thank deserve, you. You deserve to win. I hope you go unopposed. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. That's it, folks. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate Shane Russell. Thanks, Shane. We will see you next yep. time. All right.